This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 23, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. President Obama has pledged to reduce troop levels in Afghanistan to far higher numbers than when he took office. Lou Innocent, a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute, comments. President Obama triples U.S. troops in Afghanistan and then is going to cut it back to more troops in Afghanistan than when he took office. Why is this impressive? He's able to stick to his pledge to begin withdrawing the number of U.S. troops, and that's all that really matters in terms of the political equation because he can appease his anti-war base. But when you actually look at the data, as you mentioned, there will still be twice as many U.S. troops in Afghanistan compared to when Obama took office if you look ahead to fall 2012. So even though he is sort of appeasing the anti-war crowd a bit, they're still up in arms about the fact that we we have doubled down, uh, we are increasing our presence, and it doesn't appear to be uh, at least any sort sort of end date for the residual troop presence, much less the semi-permanent bases that still remain scattered throughout the country. All right. Was there anything surprising in what he said? A little bit, in the sense that he seems to be narrowing down uh, toward a direction of counterterrorism rather than this large-scale counterinsurgency slash state-building hybrid that we have going on right now. I think the deeper problem is that he still continues to link al-Qaeda and the Taliban, and we know that these are very distinct organizations with very different uh, global and regional objectives. And if we continue to sort of conflate these groups, I think, we, again, we sort of expand the number of enemies that we might be uh, continue to fight. Uh, another uh, interesting aspect is that even though he did somewhat conflate, you know, these two groups, he's still uh, sort of made, uh, at least uh, uh, pointed in the direction of more of a power-sharing arrangement with the Taliban in the year ahead. And I think that this is, of course, in, in theory, a great way to look toward a long-term sustainable peace in the region. It'll be extremely difficult to unite all the countries uh, surrounding Afghanistan behind a common purpose, number one. Number two, ensuring that we can have an enforceable settlement uh, once we begin to scale down. If anything, if we were going to engage the Taliban into this into this power-sharing agreement, we should have done it years ago. And yet again, it sort of gets to the problem of, should we pre- be preventing the Taliban from ever re-emerging in southern and eastern provinces of, the, of this country? I think, again, that sort of conflates the threats that we face. And again, if we're continuing to focus on the Taliban, whether that's fighting or whether that's for peace, uh, we're still, again, focusing on the wrong enemy. Candidate Obama focused very strongly on al-Qaeda, President Obama talked about al-Qaeda and their extremist allies as a pretext for ramping up troops in Afghanistan. He's still conflating the Taliban and al-Qaeda, but now he's talking about withdrawing troops. How does he make sense of that? The glue that holds al-Qaeda and the Taliban together in the administration's uh, sort of imagination is the central government in Kabul. We must build up a central government that can police its territory with the armed forces and the police that we are helping to train. Because the Taliban provided the safe haven to al-Qaeda, which attacked us on 9-11. So it's sort of, you begin with, with their premise, and then you sort of see, oh, okay, well, the, then this, these are the justifications that they have for, all of, for, for why it is we have to actually continue to fight and prosecute this war against al-Qaeda. Then they sort of bring in the, the Taliban aspect. But if you look abroad where we're fighting al-Qaeda, it's clear that we don't necessarily need conventional ground forces for getting actionable intelligence against al-Qaeda. That's the same in Somalia, it's the same in Yemen, and I think the same can be said about Afghanistan. I think because of 9-11, we've lost sight that we're fighting a guerrilla war. Um, You know, guerrillas can hide and amongst the population, they can melt easily back into, you know, the population that uh, that we're trying to help protect. 
Um, they can decline to fight. They fight when conditions are more favorable. And as we see now, they're instead of being suppressed in the southern and eastern provinces of the country where the Taliban remains quite strong in their affiliated networks, of course, they are spreading into the north. They're being pushed into Pakistan. And so what we see, again, is these guerrilla forces essentially just shifting around rather than being completely eliminated. And I think we've sort of forgotten that. And again, when we look at al-Qaeda, which is a very distinct organization, it's been aptly described as sort of an ideological cloud that exists on the internet. It's not something that we can really sort of conquer a given territory and therefore we extinguish it. In the final analysis, you said that this, uh, this speech that the president gave pretty much was just a campaign speech. Oh, right. I mean, it just totally shifted to clean energy, investing in infrastructure, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I would like to have that debate about what to do with the resources that we're pointing to Afghanistan in terms of the, you know, the $10 billion a month, the almost $2 billion a week. It's a legitimate argument to have. But I mean, we can also say that that money can be redirected back to the taxpayers or lowering the tax burden rather than necessarily reinvesting in things here at home. But of course, it's again, a legitimate argument. These are tax dollars and Americans deserve to have their say. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Read more of her work at Cato.org.